Hello and welcome back to Property Matters on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon. You can contact us on social media at iProperty Radio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. My first guest this week is Mary Conway, returning guest, um, and she is the, the founder of Janice Estates and also the newly elected chairperson of the Irish Property Owners Association. Mary, you're very welcome back. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me, Carol. I can't remember when we spoke last. It's about a year ago, is it? Uh, it, it might be. And at that yeah. stage, we were talking about Janice Estates. And do you know, it's funny, we've been doing, uh, we're, we're approaching almost four years of doing this show. And actually, my interview with you is one of the ones that I'm asked about most often because people were not aware that your service existed. So before we get in to talk about the Irish Property Owners Association, let's talk about Janice Estates. Maybe remind people who aren't familiar what it is that you do. Well, I suppose there's two sides to my business. Um, my background is in nursing and then I've been involved in property for about nearly 30 years at this stage. So um I've always been interested in, in where my patients used to go, you know, where would they be discharged and um, whether, you know, they had proper supports in place or uh, what needed to be done to modify their homes to uh, move back home, particularly after difficult surgeries. So I looked at uh, senior move management as a career and senior move management is somebody who works with um, a, usually an older client to look at their home, see what needs to be modified um, or set up. And it might be something simple as just rearranging their kitchen cupboards that everything is at a lower level that they can access or working around their bathroom or their bedroom or decluttering a living room. Um, and then also people who want to get out of their home um, totally and want to move into a smaller space. And then the other side of my business is traditional um, sales and letting and um, property management. So the um, senior move management and agent place has been fairly quiet. And I suppose the reason is um, there's not that many places that people can move to because people still want to live within the community. They want to access to a bus, um, to their shops, to their GP. And you know, with development land and the cost of development land, there are not that many developers building um, what we would call retirement communities, I suppose, for want of a better word. And, you know, over 55s really that we're looking at, but most people in Ireland are looking at moving when they're in their 80s. And at yeah. that stage, it's really too little too late. So what my narrative needs to be around changing the attitude about moving at an earlier stage. Um, and I'm working with one really nice client at the moment. He lives abroad. And he has just turned 65. He's really active. He climbs mountains, he cycles, he swims, and he's living abroad for the last couple of years. He's got a house in Dublin and he rang me on the back of another podcast where he had heard me and he said, look, I need help. Um, my biggest thing is I want a downstairs bathroom and my house is really cold. So I'm working with um, a builder now and we're looking at insulating his house to a really high standard, putting in a kitchen, uh, a new kitchen that will um, take him into his old age and as he said he wants to be carted out of a box from this house so we're doing everything possible to future proof it um, and this is somebody who you know I'd say old age is another 20 years possibly when he's 85 and um, that he'll need these modifications but he's been a joy to work with because he's so I want to do this now while I have the capacity the mental and physical capacity to do it. 
That's really interesting, Mary, because in Ireland, we we haven't really had that mentality um, mm. of moving homes at that stage, but that's because traditionally Irish people just don't move homes. Um, yes. You know, it's not something we do. But do you think that part of it is around the language? You know, if we talk about sheltered housing or elderly housing, I mean, yeah. in, in the people you're speaking to, if they have their own private homes, do they want to go into any sort of uh, sheltered uh, elderly living facilities or are they just looking for a more manageable home for themselves? Yeah, they're looking at a more manageable home for themselves and there's some really nice um, high-end luxury developments starting now. Um, again, planning has been the problem um, and I've been in consultation with some of the guys that are setting these up and like the facilities are just amazing. Um, and these will be high end for people who want to sell their nice house in Dublin 4, Dublin 6 and move into something a bit more manageable, but still have their own hall door. And I suppose an awful lot goes back to the Irish mentality. You need your front door, your back door and your garden um, and that apartment living doesn't work, which, of course, is not true. And the client I'm working with who's moving back from abroad has lived in various countries around the world. So I think he is more open to moving than most people and the other thing is a lot of people feel that they can't sell their big home because the money is needed for their children to get their children on the property ladder or whatever and will people think that they're doing you know what will people think that they're not leaving a legacy to their children so yeah. there's lots of, of that's a lot of irish baggage as well for people yes. to be carrying and um, you know I, and i i was looking over the last two years you know we've been researching what's happening in other areas that have low supply and high affordability issues and um across certain u.s states um certainly along the west coast but right up as far as alaska and um, there's uh, there's legislation was changed to allow for these um i think they're called ancillary dwelling units so essentially you can build uh a, you know whether it's a one bed uh chalet or something in your garden provided mm -hmm. that you let it to someone you know so as in if you have a family member that needs to to rent it out um and there are different jurisdictions different states have different rules but you know one of the things that we talked about a couple of years ago now this is going back to maybe 2011 and 2012 when new apartment blocks were being built and at the time, I remember um, working with home buyers who were looking to potentially trade down. And again, these might have been people, you know, maybe not 50s, but certainly kind of 60s up. Mm. And again, and a problem identified was that people want to stay in their own communities mm. and where large blocks were being built was tended at that time to be outside of the community. So, for example, like if you look at anything that was being built in in uh across delorgan they weren't being built within walking distance of the shops mm. and the dry cleaners and the takeaways and things like that which is what people need at the local pharmacies the church what, whatever it is that mm. they visit and w the one thing we know is that people do better when they're when they're within their own communities and yet if you look we have so much potential for, uh, to build for infill so we've got developments um or we've got sorry uh housing estates from kind of the 50s 60s and even 70s that are very large gardens some of that some of those gardens particularly um areas that are unused that are actually being protected against antisocial behavior that could actually be used as infill mm -hmm. sites for small um you know maybe uh, under kind of 800 square feet homes or under a thousand square feet mm -hmm. homes so there's definitely the potential 
for more building. But it, it's like the mentality hasn't reached in Ireland that, you know, that that it's OK not to have your front and back door and your garden, as you as you've rightly specified. Um, but our design, I think our design has failed us, you know, because again, yes. having lived in apartments that were small, but very well designed compared to three bed semis here that are pretty badly designed or certainly have been badly designed. Space isn't the issue. Design is the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but planning has been such an impediment to that. How do you see that's going to change in time for the type of clients you know that actually want to maybe downsize and free up their homes? And not only that, but their homes are probably on very large gardens that could actually accommodate a second home. Is this something that people even think about? It's funny because I have an example actually directly opposite my own house. Um, I live in Glasnevin and there was a very large detached house um, opposite me with about a hundred foot garden to the road. And the the people in the house decided they were selling the house, but they were going to build a house in the garden. So they built a 1500 square foot two bed house. And at the end of the kitchen, there's the plant room because it's one of these high energy A rated houses. And there is a lift that brings them directly up into their bedroom. And it's just got two bedrooms, two really large bedrooms that it's really easy to move around. And that's the best example I've seen. And they did this when they were in their um, their mid, their, yeah, their mid 60s. Um, and, you know, they've released, I'm sure, some cash from it as well. Um, they're very active. They go traveling a lot, but they have this really energy efficient house. And I'm just wondering now with all, you know, there's so much talk about energy and older people and fuel poverty. Is it going to change things a little bit with regards to well, maybe an, an apartment might be a better idea than trying to heat a three bed house um, that most of the rooms aren't used in? Oh, I, I think it absolutely is. And I think that's that's a conversation that has definitely kicked off. And, you know, it's interesting. I can remember uh, working with home buyers um, at the time when BER certs were, um, you know, when they were being introduced and the, the media commentary was very different to the reality on the ground. The reality yeah. on the ground is that home buyers actually didn't care. They didn't pay yes. more or less for the BER yeah. cert. They didn't care about it. The only person that cared about it was their solicitor to be able to sign off on the, yes. it was part of the conveyancing uh, paperwork that was required. And, uh, you know, I've been criticized in the past for saying that, but that was the reality. Home buyers didn't care. Yeah. That could not be more different now. Now we're having conversations around people actually potentially moving home to something more energy efficient so so many things have changed over the past decade or a decade and a bit but um this is one thing that i actually think the energy conversation whether it's in terms of uh finances or the climate crisis that's definitely a conversation that has shifted and it is going to impact how we buy and how we use and how we design and how we plan our homes so much more um but mary i could talk to you all day on the senior move management because I think it is and I, I think um it is an issue that is only you're only seeing the tip of the iceberg now in Ireland I think yes. so many more people need this but aren't aware that it, it's possible or they have these hang-ups about having to retain the home for the next generation so there's so much that needs to shift still in that um across the, the certainly the Irish consciousness and I think that's starting to happen so you're mm. you're well placed for that um, but I mentioned at the start of the interview that you are the newly elected this year uh, chairperson of the Irish Property Owners Association. So, again, the IPOA is well known in terms of uh, media sites, uh, circles uh, for speaking out, for representing 
property owners, but you might just explain what the organisation does and maybe what your mandate is. Um, yes, the Irish Property Owners was founded almost 30, we're going to celebrate our 30th anniversary next year. And it was set up really to bring professionalism to landlords and to give uh, landlords information on best practice. And we run things like um, different training courses for landlords, uh, webinars. There was a really successful webinar on uh, last Thursday night. I think we had about 200 people uh, with regards to making a will when you've got property. Um, and a lot of our landlords would be older and they've been in the business a long time. And um, they're looking for guidance on things like the RTB, how do you um, work out how to use the new um, online system um, the new uh, fee that you have to pay every year. How does all that work out? And a lot of them, them would be not really computer literate. Um, they're used to doing everything by paper. Um, I've worked with some of them and their records are absolutely amazing. They're so meticulous, um, but they're always terrified that they will do something wrong. So we're there really, I suppose, to help and support them and then give a voice for things like, you know, what's happening with the budget or I presented at the Oireachtas there recently um, on the housing crisis. So um, it's a great organisation right around the country. Our members are from everywhere. Um, and they're from maybe one property landlords to landlords that have, you know, 50, 60 properties, but they're in the minority. Um, Mary, so much has happened even in the last year um, across rental. Like, um, everybody is aware that we have an absolute rental crisis in Ireland. Mm. It's an absolute shortage of properties. And we know that since 2000 or since 2018, we know that landlords have been exiting the Irish market. Um, so some of those were people who were never supposed to be there in the first place, as in mm. accidental landlords who didn't choose it, they were there by default. Um, so they were exiting, that's one thing. But we know that people who were looking at their investment property as their pension, um, you know, that we know that they are exiting the market at a rate of two to one, as in for every one investor coming into the market, at least two are leaving. Um, so and that hasn't changed. And in recent times, the government acknowledged that actually not only do we need to attract new landlords into the market, we need to stop landlords exiting the market. And so they're saying this. And yet the policy decisions certainly don't support that. In fact, if anything, the policy decisions are things that would make um, landlords who are on the fence more determined mm. to leave. So mm. across your members, how are they how are they? receiving the um the policies that have been kind of communicated over the last year in terms of the eviction ban um the continual calls for rent control uh the price caps that are one quarter the rate of inflation you know how are they how and of course more onerous uh, uh more onerous legislation and in terms of compliance you mentioned the rtb it's gone from registering per tenancy to registering per year and there wasn't great communication around that mm. and in fact we saw policymakers themselves fall victim to this, which mm. probably didn't help, um, you know, anything in the month leading up to the budget. Landlords yeah. really got a bad rap again. So how are your members navigating this and how are they receiving it? Do they feel appreciated in the Irish market? They're leaving in vast numbers. Um, and, you know, the left policy will tell you that they're leaving because the accidental landlords are now uh, getting capital appreciation and leaving. But for the most part, um, 
our members would have been in it for the long haul and bought properties as their pension. And they just say you would tax of 55% on their rental profits um, when institutional landlords aren't paying any profit. Um, and the institutional landlords are the ones coming in with the high rents. Um, and the, the ordinary landlord is um, stuck with 2%. Um, you know, they feel it, that it's very unfair and they just want out. And I suppose what concerns me more is, you know, you will always have attrition. You will always have people leaving in a, mar a market, but you would always hope that they would be replaced by somebody else. And that's not really happening because why would you um, get into the market as a landlord now? There's really no incentive. Tax is too high. Legislation is too high. And then, for example, if I sell a property and the rent has been capped and I can give you an example of a couple I know that I'm selling a property for and um, they bought it as a couple and then they split up and they went on to marry somebody else and they're both um, supporting this pro property now with regards to the mortgage. The rent has been 1100 euros for the last 11 years. The going rate in the area is about 1800 euros. But no other landlord is going to come and buy that property because he will be stuck at 1100 plus the rent cap of 2%. So even if they were able to change the legislation that if a landlord bought a property that was below market rent, that they could bring it to market rent, that would be one small incentive for people to get in. Um, this is a point that I know was brought up to the Oireachtas. I know Pat David of uh, IPAB has being very vocal on the airwaves, mm -hmm. making the same point. Um, there doesn't appear to be any appetite at all to, to receive that uh, in, in no. terms of policy. I don't think the government really realise how bad things are um, with regards to, like we need private landlords, whether we like it, you know, whether the government like it or not. I think they thought the institutional landlords coming in was going to be the salvation to everything. But you know, they're the ones that are providing the very nice properties in the nice parts of the city to the tenants that can afford large rents purely because they're being subsidised by their companies to be in the country and get a nice, generous rent allowance. Whereas our members are, you know, every part of the country, every type of tenant from a single person to a family. So there's definitely a two tier rental market. And that's really not fair. And um, what what are your priorities? There's so much to be done. And before we wrap up today, I, I can appreciate there's so much to be done um, in terms of your work with the IPOA. What are your immediate priorities? Um, because we know that obviously where um, the eviction ban mm -hmm. has been put in place until March next year. What, what, what's on your task list? Well, I suppose we're looking at the eviction ban. We're really not making any comment on it at the moment till it's published because when we looked at what the information we've got so far, there's quite a few grey areas in it. And I suppose our concern is the eviction ban would stay, that you know we would hope it's only going to be until March, because our members do need to send properties for various reasons. Um, you know, people are in trouble with the bank, there are marriage breakups, houses need to be sold to provide a family home for somebody else. There's lots of areas. So, you know, we're just taking things very cautiously with the eviction ban for the moment. Okay. Mary, that's, thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. Um, look, we haven't even scratched the surface of uh, some of the policies that need to be discussed, uh, those facing homeowners and um, investors. 
but actually we might connect with you at a later time when we have more details uh, and more information around that. Um, but for now, thank you so much. That was Mary Conway of Janice Estates and Chairperson of the Irish Property Owners Association. We need to take a quick break. Stay tuned.